It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Dan Quinn's coaching staff is starting to take shape, and I got to tell you, I like what's going on so far, and that does include the hiring of offensive line coach Bobby Johnson. That and more on today's episode of Locked On Commanders. Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome to this episode of Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much for making Locked On Commanders your first listen of the day every day. And don't forget that you can subscribe for free on YouTube or wherever you're getting this podcast. And you can continue this conversation with me by becoming a Locked On Commanders insider. Go to joinsubtext.com slash Locked On Commanders and sign up today to be an insider. From there, you'll get news analysis one-on-one conversations with me via text message. No hashtags, no apps, no filters, all straight to your phone. Live text from practices, games, press conferences, events, and just throughout the course of the day. So a lot of stuff going on over there. Again, join subtext.com slash locked on commanders to become an insider today. I'm David Harrison, credential member of the media covering the Washington commanders for commandercountry.com, a part of Sports Illustrated's fan nation. And I'm here with you every Monday through Friday, along with our everydayers and everydayers. You already know it, but I'm going to tell you anyway. I appreciate your continued support for the program. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers, you get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bets. That's $150 if your bet wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started on that today. On today's episode, we're diving into the coaching staff as it stands at the moment of this recording because hirings are coming through at a rapid pace. So who knows, by the time I get done uh, doing this episode, we could have some newbies uh, to the roster, but we're going to go over what we know as of right now. Uh, Dan Quinn has certainly been a busy, busy coach, and we're going to start with the coordinators. And yeah, we've talked a little bit about some of the coordinators already, but we have a new one to talk about and a little bit more to discuss with the way this coaching staff is starting to shape out. I literally turned the script for this episode, this deep dive in the coaching staff into an article over at commandercountry.com. So if you read that on a regular basis, you may have already seen some of this information, but we're going to talk about it here a little bit more in depth. And then look, Managing partner Josh Harris said at the beginning of the offseason, right? Like this was this was going to be an intensive process. It was going to be a rapid process, but it was also going to be a thorough process. And I know that, you know, there was a little bit of a delay between hiring uh, Adam Peters, the general manager, and hiring Dan Quinn as the head coach. And that got people a little bit frustrated. But in what has already been one of the busiest offseasons in commander's recent memory, uh, the coaching staff is filling out very, very quickly. And what I really like about what they're doing, like overall, just just before we get to the individual names, What I really like overall that they're doing is they're taking from the top of the competition ladder in the National Football League. Adam Peters coming from the San Francisco 49ers, who, of course, just competed in a Super Bowl. Their second Super Bowl since Adam Peters, Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch all joined the organization. But he's also got experience with the Denver Broncos back from when they won their most recent championship, the New England Patriots. He was a scout on that team. So, again, not a decision maker with the Pats, but certainly a part of the operation got to probably learn a lot of things from his time there. 
Then you've got Dan Quinn and Joe Wade Jr. Dan Quinn, the head coach, Joe Wade Jr., his defensive coordinator coming from the Dallas Cowboys, who won the NFC East division most recently, but also won it again in 2021. So in the three years that Dan Quinn and Joe Wade Jr. have been working with the Dallas Cowboys, they have won two NFC East division titles. Of course, they didn't do it alone, but certainly a part of that success. And then offensive coordinator Cliff Kingsbury comes in with some notoriety of his own, right? And look, in the grand scheme of things, no Super Bowls. No, no recent division titles, but he did lead the Arizona Cardinals to their only double-digit win season and their only playoff trip since 2015. So a little bit of, of kudos to Cliff Kingsbury there, even though it didn't work out very well in the end with Arizona. But that's just the tip of the iceberg, really. Those are just your main coaches. And the thing that I really, really enjoy about what Dan Quinn is doing here is he talks about being explosive, talks about being aggressive, and that is exactly what he's getting in his coaches. Obviously, his defense is explosive. His defense is aggressive. Joe Witt Jr. comes in, knows his language, knows his scheme. Sure, Coach Witt is going to put his own spin on some of the things, I'm sure. But Dan Quinn, the the best thing I like about what Dan Quinn is, is doing here, and we've had this conversation before in the past, is he is going to be a head coach. He is not going to be a coordinator. He's going to be the head coach. He's going to have his hands in a little bit of everything, and that's what we call quality control. You do have quality control coaches on the staff, but the head coach at the end of the day, your entire responsibility, your entire accountability is the entire product on the field. You don't get to just coach the defense and then when the offense messes up, say, yeah, that's not really my job. That's the offensive coordinator's job. No, it's your job, and that's your responsibility. So I like seeing Dan Quinn come in, again, bring an expert at his scheme, bring an expert on the growth that they've had over the last three years. Uh, we talked about the growth of Dan Quinn's own football theology for more odd fronts to more even fronts, using blitzes more often now than he did even in his best years in Atlanta. And I think that development, that education is going to continue to grow here in Washington. And then with Cliff Kingsbury, the concerns that you do have about Cliff, we had Alex Clancy of Locked On Cardinals on recently, and he kind of talked about Cliff's inability to adjust in-game and really kind of get himself out of the weeds when he gets in them. Dan Quinn now can have the ability. If his defense is doing all right, the offense is bogged down a little bit. As a head coach, I can shift my focus straight to the offensive side of things and talk to my coordinator, talk to my quarterback, and figure out with them what is going on, how we get out of the weeds. And I think that could be a very, very big tool for this coaching staff. But also – they go out and land the often undiscussed or often kind of disregarded coordinator on an NFL team, special teams coordinator. And who do they get? They get Larry Izzo, which takes me back again to some of my youth watching him play football. Uh, I always liked his style of play. But now you talk about him being a coach under Dan Quinn and coming in, making his return to the Washington, D.C. area. He was born in Fort Belvoir, Virginia, spent two years of his high school career in Ashburn. So he knows the area fondly, but he started his NFL career playing for the Miami Dolphins. I don't really remember him playing for the Miami Dolphins, to be completely honest, but he joins the Pats in 2001, and that's when I remember starting to notice Larry Izzo as a football player. Eventually, he won three Super Bowls with those New England Patriots, and then he eventually started his NFL coaching career with the New York Giants in 2011. He's been on the special team side the entire time, so this isn't a guy who is bouncing from side to side. He is a special teams-focused guy, which could certainly be a benefit uh, there as well. You know, that's kind of just where he's kind of grown up. And I've talked to other special teams coordinators and they've kind of told me like, bro, you don't, you've never coached football to the max until you've coached special teams. So the fact that Larry Izzo is coming in with playing special teams himself with the New England Patriots Dolphins throughout his NFL career, but also coaching it since 2011, a lot of experience there. And the Seattle Seahawks under coach Izzo as their special teams coordinator there, one of the best units in recent 
NFL times, uh, started coordinating that special teams unit in 2021. Uh, he did spend five years working for the Pats organization, or sorry, Peter spent five years working for the Pats organization. Again, remember as a scout during the same time as was on the roster. Now I'm not saying that's why they made the hire and all that other stuff, but there's certainly a little bit of, of knowledge is there and potentially a connection there that led to at least some of the conversations also added to this, to the roster of, of coaches that, doesn't really have a coordinator title, but is a very interesting hire, a special defensive assistant. That's the title that's being run with right now, John Pagano. And if you recognize the last name Pagano, John is the brother of Chuck Pagano, who uh, was the is the former head coach of the Indianapolis Colts, uh, had some really good seasons there with that organization, went through uh, cancer treatment. Bruce Arians ended up stepping in as an interim head coach, one coach of the year during that process. Bruce ends up going to the Arizona Cardinals. Eventually lands with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, has a couple of Super Bowl trips and one win under his belt. So a lot of good history there. But John Pagano himself, he's been in the league for a very, very long time. First off, uh, started coaching in the NFL, the New Orleans Saints back in 1996. And then from there, he spent 26 years coaching in the NFL. Did go to UConn uh, for 2023. He, he worked there for Coach Jim Mora. But his longest stretch in the NFL with one single team came with the then San Diego Chargers. And he was an assistant defensive coach first. Then he started working with the linebackers, eventually worked his way to become the defensive coordinator from 2012 to 2016. And twice during that time, twice from 2012 to 2016, the Chargers defense was top 10 in yards allowed and had the fifth most defensive touchdowns in the league during that stretch. So talk about taking the ball away. You talk about stifling your opponent. Coach Pagano is a guy who has that history. Coach Witt is a guy who has that history. Coach Quinn is a guy who has that history. And now they're all on the defensive side of things. Another offensive coach that doesn't really have a title yet. I'm not sure what his eventual title is going to be is Eagles coach, former Eagles offensive coordinator, Brian Johnson. And he is going to lead off our next group of assistant coaches that we're going to talk about coming up next on today's episode of locked on commanders, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. The Kansas City Chiefs are back-to-back champions after delivering another Super Bowl win to their fans and to their city. What a game that was. Hopefully you all enjoyed it. But as usual, the commercials also delivered some fun during the evening and during the game. DoorDash also went all out for game day, and they delivered stuff from ads during the Super Bowl to one lucky winner. That included cars, snacks, even tax software. But I do got to hand it to DoorDash. It was one heck of a delivery. DoorDash is your all-in-one app for your everyday needs, whether it's from restaurants, groceries, flowers, gifts, whatever you need. You can get so much more delivered to you than you've ever realized. Football season may be over, but we're in the thick of the basketball season, the school year, and let's face it, winter weather. I'm dealing with that a little bit here today. I can think of a million reasons daily to order DoorDash. So hop on the app and make your day a little bit easier. Get dinner for tonight, groceries for the week, or a consolation prize for your buddy that's cheering on San Francisco all on DoorDash. DoorDash, your door to more. Head to the DoorDash app to get everything you need delivered. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. 
continuing on with today's episode of Locked On Commanders. We're talking about the coaching staff under Dan Quinn as it stands today. Thanks again for making Locked On Commanders your first listen of the day every day. Every dares come back tomorrow. We got a mailbag episode. So if you haven't gotten your mailbag question in and you want to, you still have a little bit of time, drop it in the YouTube comment section or text me directly if you're a Locked On Commanders insider. If you're not, go to joinsubtext.com slash Locked On Commanders. You get your first two weeks free so you can see what it's all about. Uh, we're going to have a lot of stuff coming out during the combine. I'm going to be live te- live texting my insiders all throughout the combine. So get in on that fun. Locked On has also launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with your local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. So go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Continuing our talk about the coaching staff we talked about, Three coordinators. We talked about special defensive coach or special defensive assistant John Pagano uh, and potentially what impact he can make. But we also got to talk about another coach that's added to the offensive side of things. We don't really know what his title is going to be right now. And that's Brian Johnson, the former Philadelphia Eagles offensive coordinator. And he was kind of the first hire, I think, that a lot. I mean, some people had, you know, their misgivings about Cliff Kingsbury. I certainly had my concerns. We chronicled all those the week that he was hired and were able to kind of almost kind of look into some things and say, here's reasons why it may not be such a concern. And we'll have to see what the, the product on the field is moving forward. But Brian Johnson is a guy. And when you go back to the Philadelphia Eagles, you know, he he's someone who was given a lot of credit for helping develop Jalen Hurts in a very short period of time and ultimately lead to a lot of success under the offensive coordinator at the time who helped them get to the Super Bowl two seasons ago now. Well, that offensive coordinator got hired away. Brian Johnson moved up to the offensive coordinator position under Nick Sirianni. And what became clearest to me during the course of the season is that Nick Sirianni's lack of play calling experience himself. Remember, his time as an offensive coordinator with the Indianapolis Colts, he worked under head coach Frank Wright. Frank Wright was the offensive play caller for the Colts during that time. So Nick Sirianni came in to his head coaching job having never actually navigated the, the trees and the weeds and the mud and the, the pitfalls that happen during an NFL game as a play caller. So when Brian Johnson was getting stuck in some of those moments, Nick Sirianni simply just didn't know how to get his offensive coordinator through those problems, above those problems, and pull him forward. So to me, I put a good amount of what happened in Philadelphia last year on the offensive side of things on Coach Sirianni rather than Coach Brian Johnson. Now, coming into Washington, we do know one thing. Brian Johnson is not going to be the offensive coordinator. So what is he going to be? I don't know, but his intention, my, my, my early assumption is passing game coordinator, right? So what that role is going to entail and it can entail a lot of things for different teams. So this is just kind of my spitballing idea of what Brian Johnson's role might be is kind of provided checks and balances, right? Cliff Kingsbury, something that he was, was criticized for in Arizona was his inability to adjust during the game. Well, Brian Johnson's another set of eyes is another guy who's, who's, who's developed a quarterback that has a strong arm, but also is known for being a little bit mobile kind of fits the cliff Kingsbury mold kind of cl- kind of fits what you see in Sam Howell also fits in what you see in some of these draft prospects that the Washington commanders may add to the roster. So it all kind of makes sense in a holistic manner. And Brian Johnson should be able to kind of stand back a little bit, not have to worry about the game flow, not worry about what down and distance it is, not worry about all these other things and kind of watch it with an observer's lens, but a smart observer's lens, and then give some real-time feedback to Coach Cliff and to to Sam Howell or whoever the quarterback is uh, at the time, Tavita Pritchard, the quarterback's coach, uh, all these things. So just, again, more intelligence uh, coming in. And something that can't be undersold is Brian Johnson's knowledge of the Philadelphia Eagles. Obviously, he knows that offense. He knows the quarterback. He knows the coach. So I think that is something that cannot be 
undersold. Now the Eagles do have a new offensive coordinator, so there's going to be some new wrinkles there, but Brian Johnson knows those players very, very well. And I think that's a, that's a big key, a big tool for the Washington commanders to potentially use. Obviously Dan Quinn, Joe Witt coming from the Cowboys. So you have that. Now you got Brian Johnson coming from the Eagles. So now you have that. And you also have Bobby Johnson coming in to be the offensive line coach. He's the next assistant coach we're going to talk about because a lot of people got a lot of questions about this hire. And I'll tell you this, Coach Johnson coming over to Washington. He spent 2022 and 2023 with the New York Giants leading arguably the worst offensive line in the National Football League during those two seasons. So that's why a lot of people have a lot of questions. A lot of people are kind of going, hey, man, like, like Coach Quinn, I was on board with what you were doing up until this point. But I'll tell you right now, I don't have a huge problem with this hire. Now, I'm not saying the concerns are not legit. The concerns are legit. But here's here's the thing about it, right? Injuries certainly played a big factor into what happened with the New York Giants offensive line. And Patricia Trina, our buddy over Locked On Giants, she's also the publisher of Giants Country on Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. So a lot of connections there between her and I. She outlined something in November of 2023 about the Giants offensive line problems. And she specified that while the injuries are certainly significant, the coaches are not free to blame. And where she lays blame at the coaches, and not specifically Johnson, but just the coaches in general, is the inability for New York to stabilize its line while dealing with so many injuries because of lack of roster management, specifically lack of retaining depth players like Nick Gates, for example, and the lack of obtaining depth players to replace them. So when all those injuries happened, the New York Giants were basically left standing there with their pants down saying, we don't know what to do. We don't know who to put in. Also, you go back to the preseason, go back to training camp and Trina chronicles how the New York Giants really never settled on a starting five offensive line unit in the first place. They really kind of looked at it and they just kind of pieced it together as they went, rotated guys in, rotated guys out, never really solidified a five-man starting group and gave them time to gel. And when you talk about when you talk about the offensive line, you're talking about the single unit on a football field that has to play as one more than any others. Like defensive line, you want them playing as one, but you know what? If someone goes rogue, sometimes it can work, sometimes it doesn't. Linebackers kind of have their own thing. Defensive backs have to read off of each other a little bit, but for the most part, they kind of have their own thing. No other unit on a football field has to work in unison the way that an offensive line does. So to not have those top five or you know those for those starting five put together and working together and then to have all the injuries on top of it, certainly big questions there. Now, not all of that can be put on Johnson's on his lap, though, right? Like roster decisions like Bobby Johnson didn't fail to re-sign Nick Gates. Bobby Johnson did not choose to, to draft backups. You know what I mean? Like so some of this stuff certainly could be put at Johnson's feet. Some of this stuff, like the decisions on the starting five, how much that was Johnson, how much of that was Brian Dable, because Brian Dable brought Johnson from Buffalo with him. So, again, without knowing the intimates on who was making what decisions, it's hard to place how much blame on one person. But you do know that those injuries certainly caused a big part of those problems. Um, the lack of development, I think, is really where you get concerned with Evan Neal specifically. But Andrew Thomas also was able to rise up. And it's just funny to me because a lot of Giants fans see him talking about it. They want to give Bobby Johnson all the credit for not developing Evan Neal. None of the credit for Andrew Thomas's growth. I just, I don't, I don't know. Like, unless like Andrew Thomas was out there coaching himself and Evan Neal wasn't, I don't understand why we have this obsession with giving credit for something, but not giving credit for another. The coach is the coach. If he's responsible for it all, he's responsible for it all. Now, pass blocking efficiency. This is where the rubber really meets the road, right? The New York Giants in the last two years, 26th and 2022 in pass blocking efficiency, 30th in 2023, so it got worse. They were 6th in sacks and 3rd in pressures. 
in, in 2022, uh, 2022. And that's not good. That high number is not good. That's the most, that's sixth most sacks, third most pressures in 2023. There were third most sacks and pressures uh, in the NFL. So again, not going well there for the New York Giants. For the Buffalo Bills, 2019 to 2021, however, Bobby Johnson's unit 2019, 14th in efficiency, 18th in pressures, 22nd in sacks. Not great, but a little bit more towards the average, right? 20th or 2020, they were 18th in efficiency. So they went down a little bit there, but they were fourth in pressures, which is 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 not good, but 16th in sacks, which is better than 22nd in sacks, right? So the pressures went up, the sacks went down. 2021, 10th in efficiency, so they improved there. Eighth in pressures, so they improved there. 29th in sacks, so they improved there. And a lot of that, you look at that Bills progression, what does it match? It also matches the progression of Josh Allen as a quarterback. You go to the Giants, not only do you have the injuries to the offensive line, but you also have poor quarterback play from Daniel Jones and uh, Tommy DeVito and, and Tyrod Taylor taking bad sacks, right? So the offensive line, the quarterback, very closely married together. I think it's a little bit on the coach, obviously. You can't just discredit the coach, uh, blame and all that stuff, but I do think that that has a lot to do with it, who the quarterback is, how the scheme helps the quarterback and health. Those are all very, very key things. I think when you go back to the Buffalo Bills time, you see a little bit of a healthier unit. You see the growth of a quarterback and it makes the offensive line efficiency a little bit better for what it's worth in 2023. The commander's 25th in efficiency, sixth in pressures, sixth in total sacks. So Bobby Johnson, look, I'm okay with it because I think you see some success as long as the quarterback is also developing, which is not Bobby Johnson's responsibility. Health is a wild card. Nobody can be blamed for a lack of health. But Adam Peters building that offensive line, I think we all agree the offensive line needs depth. That to me is on Adam Peters and Dan Quinn, not on the offensive line coach. So I'm taking that blame away from him. That's me. Maybe it doesn't fit for you, but that is why I'm not too worried about Bobby Johnson. I understand the concerns. Trust me, not trying to dispel those. But I'm not as concerned as maybe some people are out there. We'll flesh out the rest of the coaching staff as we know it today and talk about what's coming up next for the Washington Commanders. That's next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked On Commanders brought to you by FanDuel. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because right now, new customers, you get $150 in bonus bets with any $5 bet. That's $150 if your $5 bet wins. On Tuesday, the Boston Celtics are eight and a half point favorites on the road against the Brooklyn Nets, while the Oklahoma City Thunder also road favorites, but they're going up against the Orlando Magic. If you want to get really slick with it, take the Detroit Pistons plus 12 points against the Los Angeles Lakers, and then basically just hope that the Lakers are so comfortable going into the fourth quarter that they play most of their backups and that game gets a little bit closer than perhaps it should be. Other than that, you also got quick bets. You got live same game parlays, which is something I love to do. You got exclusive props and even more things to do at FanDuel. So go to FanDuel.com slash locked on today and shoot your shot. FanDuel official sportsbook partner of the NBA. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus 
free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Wrapping up today's episode of Locked On Commanders here, we've been taking a dive into Dan Quinn's coaching staff as it stands today. We talked about the coordinators, talked about some of the assistant coaches and the special coaches, and we talked about offensive line coach Bobby Johnson, who's got a lot of people's feathers ruffled right now, and trying to just offer some some counter again, trying to fight that confirmation bias and see why this this hire himself may not be that big of a deal. We'll see, obviously what the product looks like on the field, right? Uh, some other coaching hires, David Rea, uh, the tight end is going to be the tight ends coach for the Washington Commanders. He comes from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Look, I covered the Buccaneers since 2015. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know their assistant coaches all that well. So David is not someone I can tell you a whole lot about. Um, but here's what I do like about it. Guess who else is on the Washington Commanders schedule next season? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense is going to look a little bit different, right? They've got a new offense coordinator over there, but Baker Mayfield is over there. Kate Otten is over there. Mike Evans is over there. David Rea knows about the Buccaneers offensive players. So, again, you're getting a position coach, but you're also getting intel on an enemy. So, right now, we got intel on the Dallas Cowboys. That's two games. Intel on the Eagles. That's four games. Intel on the Giants. That's six games. Now, you're going to the Buccaneers. That's seven games. So, seven games played next season. This staff has intimate knowledge of what they like to do, what they don't like to do. Ken Norton Jr. also coming over to the Washington Commanders. He'll be the linebackers coach coming over from uh, UCLA. Prior to that, he was with the Seattle Seahawks. He was the linebacker coach for the Seahawks during the Legion of Boom era. He's had defensive coordinator experience with the Raiders and with the Seahawks as well. Ken Norton Jr., possibly the biggest name on this list. Obviously, he's got experience with Dan Quinn from their time in Seattle as well, uh, and then played for the NFC East Dallas Cowboys for the first six years of his NFL career before going to the San Francisco 49ers. Also, Jason Simmons coming over to be the defensive passing game coordinator, uh, previously worked with the Las Vegas Raiders. Returning coaches to the staff, quarterback coach Savita Pritchard, he'll be returning to the staff. That's very good news. I'm I'm a big fan of Coach Pritchard. I really like what he had going on, so I was really hoping they were going to keep him. And then, of course, Ryan Kerrigan, uh, assistant defensive line coach for the last two seasons. He is moving to the pass rush specialist role. Uh, which is actually the first time I've heard of that role specifically on a team. But the bottom line is Coach Kerrigan will continue his career in Washington. I know a lot of you outside of Eric Bieniemy, Ryan Kerrigan was kind of the next guy that everybody was talking about. We've also had some questions about Jennifer King, assistant running backs coach for the last few years here in Washington, and whether or not she was going to be around. I have not heard any official news uh, about her. I will tell you that she was uh, making the rounds during Super Bowl week, and she did talk to our friends over at Bowie TV I'm not saying that's a sign that she's sticking around or not. Jennifer is, she's a very personable person. Coach King is very, very friendly with her time, very generous with her time. So, you know, whether she's staying or leaving, uh, you know, is, is, is to me, uh, from my understanding is not officially official one way or the other, but Randy Jordan, in case you hadn't heard, has been hired or reportedly will be hired by the Tennessee Titans to be their running back coach. So Randy Jordan will not be retained. So coach King, maybe a promotion to running backs coach, who knows? We'll see how that whole thing goes, but, uh, we'll keep it up to date, man. Like I said, uh, but while I'm recording this, it's possible that another hire has been made. We will take time to update this list again as we go. I mean, you got wide receiver coach Bobby Ingram is not, you know, is again, according to my knowledge, been retained as of yet. Running back coach obviously still needs to get figured out. We got a tight ends coach. We got an O-line coach. Defensive line coach still needs to be figured out whether Jess Kanina is going to stick around or if they're going to go somewhere else. 
uh, DB's coach. Like we've got a lot of coaches uh, that still need to be figured out before everything is said and done. And we have this roster of coaches solidified. Of course, we've got the uh, the scouting combine coming up. I will be there in Indianapolis. And we've also got a mailbag episode coming up tomorrow. So if you've got questions about this staff, about the roster, about the scouting combine, some of the prospects there, send them over, drop them in the YouTube comment sections or send them to me directly in text message form by becoming a Locked On Commanders Insider. Join subtext.com slash Locked On Commanders to do that. We were supposed to talk about the Chiefs and Niners draft and free agent histories today and kind of see if we can draw some parallels. We pushed that because of all the coaching news developments. We are going to now shoot for Thursday for that episode. So come back for that as well. Don't forget, also check out Locked On Sports Today, the first ever 24-7 live streaming sports channel on YouTube. As always, thank you for making Locked On Commanders your first listen, your first view today and every day. Every dayers, thank you for coming through on a regular basis like you do. Until we speak again, if you're out and about, please be safe. Be kind, and I'll see you next time for another episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.